Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the first decade of Aries. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day <laughs> as I'm recording this, but happy spring if you're listening to this later on in the, in the future. Um, this is a very exciting new moon uh, that's very new on, at zero degrees of Aries, right at the kind of the solar new year uh, in some traditions. So we're going to be talking about all things Aries today. We're going to take a look at the the ram and some of the tarot associated with Aries. Uh, we are going to do an I Ching and an animal today to help us unpack some of this energy. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Hope that you're doing well out there today. Uh, you know, make sure that you like and subscribe to this video and channel here and sign up for the email list and all those good things. Um, I have a few announcements that I'd like to make uh, before we get into the nitty gritty. And yes, Tarya says it's green hoodie day. It is Friday. Happy Venus day to all of you. Happy Venus and Taurus, which is exciting. I'm always a big fan of Venus and Taurus and um, feels like quite a relief after some challenging Venus and Aries times. I don't know about all, all of you, but this week was this week was something. There was a lot of Neptune in the air. I guess happy Mercury Kazemi if you're listening to this on Friday the 17th as well. Um, just just a lot going on with uh, Mercury, the Sun, and Neptune all coming together in Pisces and all that squaring Mars and all that entails. I'm pretty exhausted from this week. I don't know about all of you, but let's see if we can light the fires uh, for Aries next week and and feel rejuvenated which i think is is pretty exciting so a couple things before we dive in um i have a few announcements to make so i have a few webinars that are on sale right now i have my stars and cards webinar that's in the store uh, where i go into depth about the decans and the relationship between astrology and the tarot i did that talk for nightlight astrology but you can get it on sale for 20 percent off until the first of april Okay, so that's in the store. Uh, I also have my Decans of Aries going on sale a little bit early again, just like I did last week or last month, I guess, for Pisces. Um, Pisces is still on sale until the beginning of Aries season, which I think is Monday or so, the 20th. And then um, you can get 20% off of Aries Decans until the beginning of Taurus season. So check that out as well. And then I'm really excited, really excited that today I'm announcing New Book Club. So here is our book that we're going to be working with for guided group study, spring of 2023. Um, and what better book to do a, a springtime study group than one where we're talking about the mycelium of myth, you know, like how things are sprouting up underneath the ground from many, many, many years of uh, putting meaning together from, from humanity and connecting symbols with, um, with, with their lives. I want to read you a little bit of the back of this just so you can get an idea of this book. I've really been enjoying just looking through this book and starting it, and I'm excited to, to share it with all of you. So this is The Flowering Wand, Rewilding the Sacred Masculine, Lunar Kings, Trans Species Magicians, and Rhizomatic Harpists by Sophie Strand, who's an incredible writer. It really reminds me of two of my favorite writers, uh, Stephanie Warner, uh, who is a good friend of mine, and and Austin Coppock's writing. I really, those two are, I put them up here with like the pantheon of great writers. So really good stuff here. 
So it says, long before the sword-wielding heroes of legend readily cut down forests, slaughtered the old deities, and vanquished their enemies, there were playful gods, animal-headed kings, mischievous lovers, trickster harpists, and vegetal magicians with flowering wands. As ecofeminist scholar Sophie Strand discovered, these wilder, more magical modes of the masculine have always been hidden in plain sight. Sharing the culmination of eight years of research into myth, folklore, and the history of religion, Strand leads us back into the forgotten landscapes and hidden secrets of familiar myths, revealing the beautiful range of the divine masculine, including expressions of male friendship, male intimacy, and male creative collaboration. In discussing Dionysus and Osiris, Strand encourages us to think like an ecosystem—to think, excuse me, like an ecosystem instead of like an individual. She connects dying vegetal gods to the virtuous cycle of composting and decay highlighting the ways in which mushrooms can restore soil and heal polluted landscapes. And then there's more. There's all sorts of different myths that she explores here. I thought this was a really great book, especially for Aries season, to begin in Aries season, because we're going to talk today about Aries and Yang energy, which is very, I guess, masculine. And some of the themes that we'll be talking about with the cards of Aries have to do with like domination, like um conquering lands and things of that nature colonization was part of this these cards back when they were formulated there's alexander the great on the two of wands that we're seeing here and i thought it'd be really interesting to to examine ways that we can express yang energy or masculine energy maybe in a way that is um more appropriate for the needs of our culture and society uh now rather than in the past and I'll tell you, one of the things I'm really enjoying about this book is how the symbols are able to metamorphosize over time. And I think this is a really important thing to be able to understand if you are an astrologer in particular, or if you're a tarot reader, is understanding that a symbol is multivalent, it's multifaceted, and it's going to draw upon the resources of the time and the culture that you are part of now. And I, man, it's just, it's just really brilliant. So I hope that you'll join me for that. We're going to be meeting every other Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time, starting on April the 17th and going through June the 26th. And we're going to meet for a few hours. We're going to discuss the book. We'll probably talk symbol. We'll talk myth. We'll talk astrology. Um, I think there's a really great way of connecting astrology to this, especially with the guest host relationship with planets and their host. Um, we're also going to have a Discord server where we have discussions, where you ask questions, I'll give you homework to work on, um, just really building some great community. And I hope that you'll join us for that. There's a link in this chat to sign up or in the description of this video. So please join me. Again, we're going to be starting on April the 17th. Okay, I'm just going to welcome some friends here today. It's exciting to see all of you here. Hey, Nancy is here. Happy St. Patrick's Day from Maryland. Hello, Nancy. Rachel Fletcher joining us from Virginia. Darren Burr is here. Tarya is here from Finland. Um, Darren's joining us from the UK. Lynn McMillan stopping in from Vermont. Yes, I think so. Uh, Bibi Skaja is here. Michelle is here. Uh, Faye Weatherly is joining us today. Scarlett. Hello, Scarlett. Um, let's see. Okay, so many good friends in the chat here. Again, if you're here and you're lurking, let me know that you're here. Say hi. Tell me where you're joining me from. We're, we're, just, we're just hanging out, talking astrology, 
Um, if you have questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I always love seeing some of your insights and questions as we go along with this. If you want to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in that chat. It's called a super chat or a super sticker. That really helps me keep the lights on here, metaphorically and literally. As you, if you follow along with the channel, you'll know the the, the power outage saga where we're still raising money for a backup generator. So if you want to donate to that, you'd be helping us out. Um, but yeah, okay. So I hope that that you all are ready for spring because I know that I am. I'm. I'm a little bit over by Pisces season. <laughs> I just, uh, I know that this is a generally happens to be a fairly Virgo centric audience, <laughs> probably because I have a lot of Virgo in my chart. Um, I am a Cancer Sun and a Taurus Moon, but I have three plants in Virgo, and I like to, you know, have a system and good down down to the details. And Pisces season always is like, oh, you have a plan, you have a system. Nope. <laughs> here's, here's how you're going to have to learn to make adjustments and be flexible and go with the flow, maybe even relax a little bit and do less and be more. Um, and that's all fine and good for a rest and whatnot. But uh, I think that I'm, I'm feeling a little waterlogged and soggy this week. I, I don't know if you all are feeling this. But and thank you, Michelle, for that super sticker. Appreciate you. Uh, so let's talk about fire because I'm ready for the fire of spring. Um, I'm super excited that Venus has moved into Taurus. Um, my partner Tanya and I uh, hit the go button on some pollinator plants. We, there's a pollinator plant sale in our, our area and we picked out some stuff and we hit the go button as Venus hit, in, hit into Taurus. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. That, that kind of works really well with the, the flowering wand and rewilding the sacred masculine Planting seeds, that's what we're going to be doing during airy season, is planting the seeds of things that we want to create for future growth, um, being able to individuate, being able to separate from the collective. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, the transition from Pisces season to airy season is an interesting one. We have all the kind of the, the melting snow in Pisces season here in the Northern Hemisphere, where you know, we've got this mixture of mud and like water and it all is, it's all coming together to, to, for this, into this primordial ocean that will ho hopefully create fertility. Now, when we get into, so, so again, unifying where all the boundaries between things, between the snow and the mud and the water are all dissolving. Uh, and we've had an extra dissolving one with, with Neptune in the story here, which is a planet of dissolving boundaries and, and maybe... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, you folks know that on this channel, Neptune is, is a little iffy for me. Um, so, <laughs> and someone, someone's mentioning Cheryl's here from Chico, uh, Aaron Rodgers' hometown, and that's been part of the saga of the Neptune, Mercury, Solar stack up Square Mars. Uh, if you follow my astrology of sports, or if you're a, a sports fan. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, or you know, he's about to be the quarterback for another team. And he's been going through this saga where he went through a darkness retreat to figure out if he wanted to keep playing football. If you're not familiar with him, he's one of the best players uh, you know, in in the in the NFL and maybe even one of the best players in the history of, of the of the sport, which so it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of like if a, a Michael Jordan type was moving on to a new team and you know he's been there for a long time. And there's been just a lot of drama about 
him getting traded to the New York Jets, which he says he wants, but it hasn't happened yet. So there's all this confusion around it. I'm hoping it's today with the Mercury Kazemi. We'll see. <laughs> but but I digress. But but welcome Sher- uh, Cherry from Chico. Tell Aaron to make up his mind. <laughs> Tell everybody else to get on with their lives. Um, so Aries season. So all of this confusion, all of this merging of emotions, this these this waterlogness begins to dry out when we get to the summer. Or I'm sorry, to the spring equinox. Um, this is where we start to see the ascension of the daylight hours where we've come to a point of equilibrium um you know pisces is aspirational to get to balance this is an interesting way of thinking about things the two jupiter signs tend to be associated with hope right aspiration sagittarius and pisces sagittarius is hopeful through experience and learning through experience but i feel like the difference between those two is that Sagittarius is aspiring to a, a, a new beginning, right? Um, the return of the light. It's like feeling the heavy burden. This is, if you have some Sagittarius placements or some t- Sagittarius folks in your life, you probably, there's probably a secret signification with them. Not just that they're happy-go-lucky all the time, but they feel the weight of their burdens. And they're like, okay, I'm going to try to be positive today as they're carrying like this huge heavy load. And they're like, okay, just, just two more miles. <laughs> like they're just trying to get through it. And it's beautiful that they're able to do that. Right. Um, and Pisces is more about, you know, it's, it's aspirational, but it's more about how can I pull back from the world and stop carrying all these weights and all these burdens so that I can get back to a place of equilibrium. Um, it is still a new beginning because we have the beginning of spring, remember those daylight hours are equal and then we start getting to the light half of the year we've processed all this old stuff we've kind of found what is our new motivational purpose potentially through pisces season and maybe we're still going through it right now as i record this but you've probably gotten some new insights into the narrative especially with saturn moving into pisces last week and Pluto is about to move into Aquarius later in this month, as well as Mars moving into Cancer. So there are chapters being and pages being turned, new chapters and, and pages being turned. So how do we get past the emotion, the emotional energy that is trying to bring us inspiration and get to the point of time where we're like, I'm ready to take an action. I'm ready to just do this. No more thinking, no more feeling, no more trying to find my purpose and the darkness retreat or cave and <laughs> wherever Air Rogers is like, no, it's go time. It's like, right, it's time to go. It's time for, it's like, chop, chop, <laughs> let's go. That's Aries, right? Like I don't, the Aries is like, I don't have time to stare at my navel anymore. We're, we're going for it. And that can be a really liberating thing. It can create some collateral damage sometimes because we might not have the same type of sensitivity that we would normally have in other situations. It is very, very young. It is very much like, you know, a sword or an ax, like Austin Coppock calls the first decan of Aries, slicing through that, that oneness that we just achieved in the Pisces season, that unification of water and earth to create something fertile. 
and now it's slicing it like like a uh, like a single cell being split into two, right? Like the process of mitosis, where where we're splitting to form something new. So this new moon has that quality of like separating from the collective, separating from the the parent plant to become our own individual organism, separating maybe even from the divine, carrying the spark of the divine to infuse into a new individual point of consciousness or body. So, you know, that, that to me is really fascinating. I'm just even going to, so this is the card that we're looking at, the two of wands. And of course, we'll look at the chart in a second, but the, this new moon is going to be happening on March 21st, um, which I think is Tuesday. It's a very, another Mars day, right? Uh, this is a very, this is just, this is all Mars all the time right here. Uh, at 1.23 p.m. Eastern time, zero degrees Aries, really powerful point. Like it's the, it's very, very close to the, to the Aries ingress, which is a powerful point in transition in the, the solar year as well. So here we have the two of wands. And we have the aforementioned, potentially, Alexander the Great kind of looking over a globe, surveying the realm, seeing what new territory he wants to conquer, or thinking about the, uh, you know, what, what it all means to, to look and, and, you know, separate as a new colony from the parent country, potentially. This has a, a, a pioneering spirit to it. Now, again, there's some problematic things around that um, ideal uh, where we're in a point in time where we're seeing the the negative ramifications of colonization and trying to decolonize our minds and our brains and our societies on some level if if that is something that resonates with you um, so we have to kind of think about this in a slightly different manner potentially or we can try to look at it in that multivalent fashion so if we think about it just from an individual faction how can we become more independent? How can we find personal sovereignty and individuation? So what is it that really inspires you right now? What do you want that is very much in your own power? How do you define yourself? Sometimes through rejecting that which is not you. This first decade, there's a lot of themes in this decade in the literature that is written from authors like Austin Kopic, T. Susan Chang, etc., that talk about, how, you know, the separation aspect of Mars. This is a double Mars-ruled Deccan in a Mars-ruled sign where Mars is in its own domicile. Okay, remember we said this is very Marsy. It happens on a Tuesday, Mars' day. Um, so Mars is a planet that likes to exert its will. It is a planet that severs and separates according to uh, Robert Schmidt in his Project Hindsight lectures. So we are, there is a rejection of what we are not to be able to figure out what we are. Um, we also have this energy with Mars where we are, hmm, I don't know. It, it, this is a, a brutal, uh, forceful Mars to be able to separate from the collective. Whereas Scorpio Mars is a little bit more strategic. Scorpio Mars is defend is defensive. This is more of an offensive Mars. Scorpio Mars is more about how can we defend the dying life force. It says we know that this form is about to die. 
but we're going to defend it with every ounce of our being, right? And But eventually we have to learn to let go and liberate that energy from physical form to return to the collective. Whereas here, that fighting, that offensiveness is to separate from the collective to infuse into an individual body that we see in Taurus with the union of a, a Venus world sign in an earth sign. So this is a great time to make plans. This is a great time to uh, just get over our inertia. Oftentimes the most difficult thing about, you know, a project is starting it and just taking the first step. Uh, I've, I've been doing some exercise lately, <laughs> like some exercise. And, you know, I know it's sort of a cliche for uh, some Hellenistic astrologers to start working out. <laughs> like I'm not going to drag anybody for working out. But, but I do feel like when we get into our 40s, um, you know, you start to feel your body changing. You start to feel a little bit... Uh, I don't know, for me, I've been starting to feel just the depression of, of Pisces season and doing something, getting active, getting the, the fires, you know, reignited are, is a way to release, you know, boredom, anger, frustration, um, and, and it helps your brain work better, right? It helps your brain um, function better. It helps all the systems in your body move. So I've been starting this kind of like, you know, very, very delicate exercise routine in the morning with my partner we've been trying to be accountability partners and it's this app i guess it's called it's called fit on i don't know if anybody uses that it's just an exercise app the first time that we did it uh it was <laughs> we did a leg exercise 20 minute leg thing that was a little bit too advanced for what i was prepared to do and very much felt it for the next few days but what they say in this app the, the roundabout thing i'm trying to say here is that the first step is just opening the app and pressing play. And that is the energy of Aries. Like you just, that's the hardest part. Once you're actually in the middle of it, things start to flow, things start to function. And this is really the time where you have to gather up all your strength to burst through the ground, like the little seedling that's bursting through the crusty soil to be able to gain the sunlight. You know, to be able to gain the nutrients that it needs through absorbing, you know, absorbing the water, absorbing the nutrients, absorbing the light. It's, it's busting through the surface and it announces itself, says, here I am. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's separating from the, it's like the mushroom. Okay, remember, flowering wand? Here's our mushroom that has burst through the surface of the soil, okay, and announcing, it announces itself. Uh, it still has all this support underneath it, right? And maybe in Pisces season, we're really kind of feeding this underground mycelium. But when we get to Aries season, we, we see something phallic that rises above the surface, that it becomes visible. So we're preparing for that as we move into Aries season. Okay, let's see what else we have on here. There's a really interesting fixed star that we're going to be talking about today. I do not know how to pronounce it. Um, so you will see me probably pronouncing it three or four different ways today. It's spelled S-C-H-E-A-T, which could be shiat, could be skiat. <laughs> I don't know what it is. If someone is a good pronouncer, put it in the chat and I'll, I'll 
try to pronounce it the way that you think it should be pronounced. I'm going to go with Shiat today. That's at zero degrees of Aries, and it is one of the shoulders above the leg of Pegasus. And Pegasus is an aspirational uh, figure in myth. It's a flying horse, for crying out loud. It's this, this very divinely inspired vision of something that, that rises up to the heavens. Um, so there's, there's some extra boost with, with independent thinking, challenging our social norms, um, aspiration, innovation, but maybe also some headstrongness and some rashness to this as well. We're really trying to, to, to get that new start, come, high, come hell or high water on some level. Um, okay, I'm just looking through the chat with your amazing comments here. We could just welcome some new friends. Susanna is here from Finland. Melissa is joining from Chicago. Chicago, well, the Bears, I'll tell you. I'll tell you there, Melissa. The Bears have been making some moves. They just they signed a bunch of free agents and uh, looking, looking pretty good, those Bears. <laughs> Packers fan here, so, eh, you know. I was born in Chicago, though, so it's a weird, a weird little quirk that my grandparents are from Milwaukee, and I used to go up to their house every weekend and watch the Packers. So even though I am a Chicago kid, um, my loyalties lie in Wisconsin for, for that reason. Creating Harmony Khadija is here. Say all green on this Venus Day. It's good for St. Patrick's. Yes, we're, we're just getting into the Venus vibes today. Even though we're talking about Mars, I should have worn my bright red hoodie, but I didn't want to offend Venus today. Kate says, I'm prepping for Aries season two, been starting walking. Yes, that's good. Like, it, you know, what I'm realizing about things like exercise, getting in shape, becoming active, starting a project, it isn't just one day where you're just like, oh, I just decided I'm going to do this. There's a, there's a lead up. There's a preparation. If you want to uh, get in better shape, you got sometimes you got to start slow. You got to set the mood. Um what, what I've been doing this week after the like really difficult workout that left me in a lot of pain is I've been doing gentle stretching. And I was like, we should have started with that. She was like, well, I didn't know how bad of shape you were in. <laughs> so, um, so, so yes, the, this is the time now to like get, get the, you know, get stretched out, get your muscles ready to start running, right? Without necessarily having to push the go button yet. The, the go button's coming but getting yourself ready, getting yourself prepared. Um, and yes, Kate is joining us from New Hampshire. So nice to see you here, Kate. Uh, she said, I had to shovel so much snow, I could feel my back pain starting to threaten me. Yes, I mean, this is the march of time, isn't it? What I'm realizing about getting a little bit older, and I'm not that old, I know it's all relative, but we do have to, to work a little bit harder to maintain a baseline of health. And it probably, you have to work even harder as you continue to age. We, we're, we're really fighting against the quality of entropy where things are starting to, to decay. Uh, so we're trying to keep it all together. We're trying to keep it tight without everything like melting into a puddle. And it just takes a lot of work. And it's, if you've been used to good health or, uh, you know, relatively decent fitness um, as a youth without necessarily having to do a ton of stuff, which is, I had a pretty fast metabolism, so I was actually very fortunate to be in okay shape as a young person, but as you get older, that's when the work begins. This is why, I think this is why Saturn is also associated with old age, because it's like, oh, you know, here comes the hard work of, of old age as well. Um, so Actia is here. Hello, friend. Says, I've been weighing the pros and cons of different job options with a Pisces 10th house, finally feeling like my partner and I are ready to commit to a new location and community. All right. 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming. You can feel the, the ground. You can feel the energy stirring beneath the ground right now. Um, yeah, Kate says, so stretching and small walks to get ready for Aries go time. Yes, exactly. Uh, and thank you, Susanna, for your compliment on the green. I love, I, it is my color. As a Taurus moon and Taurus midheaven, I feel really good in green. But I'm experimenting with new colors just to honor the different, uh, the different gods, the different planetary color gods. Yesterday I wore uh, light purple for Zeus. That was interesting. But you might not see it, though, if I only do these on Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> My Monday students get to see moon colors. Anyway. All right, so let's, let's pull up this chart. Because we've got some things to talk about here. We'll pull up this chart. Now, first of all, first, I, I want to show you something first. I want to show you the slides from my Aries Deccans webinar. So this is one of the slides for the first Deccan of Aries. Let's, let's just do a little bit more big picturing here first. Because I, what I really like about this uh, webinar that I put together were these focus questions, like being able to see the themes and you can pick this up now for 20% off, okay, Aries Deccans webinar, where you'll see that we're talking all about um, the cards of Aries, the myths. Um, we'll talk about Phrixus and Hele. Uh, we've got the ram here, Amon or Amon-Ra, who Liz Green talks a lot about in the astrology of fate. We talk about Mars, talk about the spring equinox, of course, the exaltation of the sun of the individual point of consciousness. Aries themes, right? We've talked about this. Individuation, yang force, separation from the collective, establishing sovereignty, raw willpower, initiating action, hopeful anticipation, conquest, rulership. Um, but what, let's specifically focus on this first second here. And you can, again, you can um, pick this up for 20% off. But some of the themes for this particular decade, severing the umbilical cord, Hokma in Atziluth, which is a reference to the, uh, the Kabbalistic tree of life, Hokmah being this kind of flash of inspiration. And Atziluth is like a, is a spiritual fire, right? So we've got this, this flash of passion, okay? This awareness that, oh, we, we feel something again. We, we feel like something that inspires us to take action is really what we're seeing here with Hokmah and Atziluth. A splitting of the one, cellular mitosis we talked about. Raw force and undiluted yang, or yang. The sperm breaking through the wall of the ovum. I love that metaphor because it is, it is like this breakthrough, but to create new life, right? To be able to fight your way through a barrier, to be able to unify with something and then split and split and split to become something completely different. The burning of the seed, uh, the bursting of the seed husk, right? So we see with our spring gardening metaphors like this bursting of the of the the whatever kept us contained where we may be feeling a little bit tight within the cocoon right now we're like we're ready to bust out you know um, we're ready to to expand there's an expansive energy with this okay um, so some of the questions that we can ask ourselves how can you individuate we have been asked to do a lot of collective um, sacrifice in the past few years which is okay. That's part of the reality of this time in history is that we are going to have to learn how to work together, whether we like it or not. 
I mean, there's too many things that are coming to a head where we have to cooperate with one another if we all want to survive. And that's always been true, but it's becoming more and more true as the, as the earth gets more populated, as the climate changes, as there's more communicable diseases, as we are working with technology that unifies us and we can be more in each other's thought space. There's all sorts of things that uh, we have to work on together, but we still have to respect our own individuality. We have to respect our own, um, our own growth process our own hero's myth, although this book that we're going to be looking will challenge that, uh, and, and how we can become cooperative while still expressing that yang energy. Um, what is not you and what is, is another question we can ask. Again, we, we talk about Mars rejecting that which we are not to be able to establish what we are. We will be able to give our own royal decrees in the second Decan of Aries, but this first Decan is saying, eh, this is really not me. I don't, I don't feel like I want to be part of this anymore. I need to, to remove myself from this particular situation so that I can go my own way. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to get in a fight about it. Although a ram is a very territorial animal. I mean, there's, this is why I, I, I'd use the, um, <laughs> on my Instagram, I like to use like song to speak to some of the metaphors. And I, for this new moon in Aries, I posted Mother by Danzig, which had twofold meaning. Um, I, I picked out a phrase where I was like, you know, do you want to bang heads with me? <laughs> like that, which I thought was very Arian. Uh, and also as a reference to Mars moving into Cancer eventually too, there may be some challenges that we have in this new moon that are related to family issues, potentially with a mother figure or something of that nature. Um, the new moon itself is going to start off being hosted by Mars and Gemini. And I get, again, we'll look at that in a second, but um, it will very shortly after move into Cancer, which may be a relief to some if they've been dealing with Mars and Gemini and having difficulty, but um, Mars is in its, um, in its fall in Cancer. It's not, a, it's not a comfortable place for Mars. It's not very direct necessarily. Um, and it creates conflicts in places where we would normally desire safety and security. So that's what makes it a, a little bit of a difficult placement. Um, how can you break new ground? Okay. There's, there is a way, I think, to establish your own personal sovereignty and quote unquote territory without oppressing others. And I think that's what we're going to be trying to figure out here as we move forward as a society is how do we continue to, to grow as a as human beings, as a species, without making it so like that so many people have to suffer for that. that. Those are the questions that we're trying to answer right now as a community, or at least a good portion of us are. Um, where is brute force necessary and where is it excessive? Okay, so again, there, there are going to be times where we can't avoid just kind of barreling our way through. I mean, this is just this part of life. Oftentimes, we have to do the opposite of what we are trying to achieve to be able to achieve it. And, and I'm thinking about sometimes we have to fight for peace. Sometimes we have to be peaceful to win a fight. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like the paradoxes. Um, oftentimes if we take peace for granted and we don't stand up for injustices, then we let people who, who maybe like this Alexander figure in this card, 
that will will allow those folks to dominate and to take over and enslave people. Um, so you you have to there is a balance point, and this is something that I I hope that I'm understanding correctly from studying Taoism and that type of philosophy is it's always the seed of the opposite within the action that you're taking, and they're constantly flowing into one another, and uh, you know. You don't have to be a, a pushover to be a peacemaker. I think that's another thing that Aries people need to understand, or even Libra people, or people on that Aries Libra axis. If you have a nodal axis there, I talk about this with Aries uh, North Node folks sometimes, where my story for them is comes from this book by Jan Spiller called Astrology for the Soul, which is she's a really great. I really, she was one of the first modern astrologers that really was just like, her books just really, really spoke to me. Um, and she talked about a snake who came and visited a village. It was this giant snake, and it started eating all these children. And this wise man came to the village and, was, and saw all these people suffering and was like, snake, what are you doing? What are you, what's going on here? You, you can't eat people. And, you know, since the snake was subject to the wise man in this story, he, he stopped doing that. The old man went away, came back later, and the snake was being really, really abused by people in the, in the, in the town. Really, like, beaten up, kicked, like, he was an inch from death. And the wise man was like, hey, snake, what, what's going on here? Like, wh- why are you allowing this? And the snake said, well, you told me I couldn't, I couldn't eat the children. Couldn't bite, you know? And uh, the wise man said, snake, snake. He pulled him aside and said, you know, I said that you couldn't bite, but I never said that you couldn't hiss, right? So that to me, that's, that story has really stuck with me for 20 plus years since I first read it in that book. Like there are times where we have to like set a boundary, hiss a little bit to be able to stand our ground without necessarily having to completely destroy the other or, you know, murder people <laughs> like like the snake was doing in that story uh, so this is this is really how we protect ourselves on some level is being able to say this is who i am this is what i'm not it's okay for you to be you but i don't want to be that and you go your way and i'll go mine that, that's really the i think the, the most beautiful thing about aries you know in general besides the fact that they I just have a lot of Aries friends now for some reason. I didn't used to as a young person, but I've come to appreciate it. Uh, the newness of it, the, the, where everything feels like the first time. And I just love that about my Aries son friends, is that they just are really able to see things through innocent eyes quite often. And it's a really beautiful quality, especially if you feel a little bit world-weary, if you feel like you've just absorbed all this negativity and if you're su- someone who's super emotional like I am or, or have been having someone who's like stop whining about this let's just go do something let's go play some <laughs> like basketball or something uh, that's that's really nice it's nice to have people like that in your life that are like get over yourself let's just go do something you're, you're just you're just wallowing in your own self-pity come on <laughs> like get out of the house and do some stuff um, so that might be some of the energy that we're feeling here as well. So what new territory do you want to conquer? And again, this could be intellectual territory as well. This could be, in, you know, something where it's a, something in the mind that we're moving towards as well as maybe something physical. What new beginning is worth fighting for, okay? 
Again, we can't always avoid conflict in our life. In fact, some conflict is healthy. We, I think that we have a boost right now from Venus and Taurus, right? We've had Venus in a sign that is uh, very, very um, proactive. And Venus tends to function better when she's receptive. And now Venus is in one of her favorite places of receptivity, Taurus, where all, all the good things in life are able to come to her, right? And we're, we're going to see the sun moving into its exaltation for this particular new moon as well. So we have the sun and Venus functioning very well in this chart. So let's, let's stop our share here. And again, check out the decans of Aries. Here's our, our fixed star that we were talking about. Shiat, <laughs> scat, <laughs> I don't know, shit, what, how do you say it? Uh, it's in, it's, you can see here, it's in the, the like four leg shoulder of Pegasus, the flying horse, independent thinking, intellectual challenges, logic in service of truth. That's interesting, right? Um, maybe being blunt, headstrong, impulsivity, disregarding the opinions of others, dangers of accidents and floods and mudslides. So we have to be careful that we don't rush into things when we are having a, a, an experience on this fixed star zero Aries point potentially. Okay, let's go to the chart. You all doing okay out there? Okay, I'm just reading through some of the comments. Whenever I see green, oh yeah, <laughs> always sunny in Philadelphia, that's a good show. Um, Khadija says, with all the Neptune aspects, it's definitely a, a definitely time, a sleepy time this week. Yeah, yeah, it's been, I feel like I've been in a little bit of a fog this week. I've been having difficulty concentrating because there's been just this, I'm somewhat emotional, over, overly emotionally invested in, in the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and his drama, you know, is very frustrating because it's sort of a will he won't he situation you're you're waiting for the news to drop is the trade complete what did we get like what is he gonna play is he not gonna play it's just i'm over it i'm <laughs> ready to be done with it um so yeah i'm 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 welcoming aries season here um yeah, Khadija says, remember to like the video. Yes, like the video, subscribe to the channel, sign up for my newsletters. That's the biggest gift that you can, uh, support that you can give me here. That's that's where you can find out when I'm doing all these new live streams, um, when you can uh, find out for new classes and sign up for all of those types of things. That's a really great way to stay in touch. And it's not really, um, it's not bound to any social media platform. It's sort of like, hey, it's the, the most, the closest to the creators that you can be is through that, through that email list that they have. That's how you can really support the people in your, in your sphere that you want to be a part of. Uh, Kate says, beautiful work on these slides, but sir, they look nice. Thank you. I, I take pride in the slides. I use a, a, a website called Canva to, to do my slides. They're really great. I, re I recommend the premium version of it because it gives you access to a lot of um, a lot of material like pictures and videos that are um, not copyrighted, right? That are that are fair use or things of that nature. So you can make all sorts of cool stuff there, and you can animate it. It's really neat. Uh, Krista is here from Asheville. Hello, Krista. 
um, Keros is so relevant to what I am experiencing right now. North Node and Aries. Hiss, don't bite. Got it. Yes. Yes, Carol. It's, it, we just have to set boundaries. And, and ultimately, when we take care of ourselves in that way, we, we don't have to get into conflicts with other people. When we tell people where we stand, it's much easier to find where they stand and to meet in the middle or meet wherever or to go our separate ways if that's what we need to do, rather than all this passive aggressive type of stuff where if we don't express ourselves and our own needs it's hard for people to give it to us and every this is what's important for people who are not familiar with aries energy or not in alignment with it sometimes many people do know what they want and are not afraid to go get it and they're not going to they're not always thinking about what everyone else wants and what everyone else thinks and the more empathetic and sensitive to, uh, of us tend to get trampled by that energy if we don't, you know, come more into alignment with it. So again, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. doesn't mean you're mean. It just means that you, it's okay to stick, stick up for yourself every once in a while. And I think that's important. Um, Kate is an Aries moon. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got some of this energy. You're going to have an interesting lunar return there. Suzanne, another Suzanne, a different Suzanne is here um, having a Venus return. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> no stabby, stabby, Kate. No, no hiss, hiss. <laughs> no stabbing. All right. So let's pull up the chart. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Always appreciate all of you and your the attention that that you bring. Um, it's an honor to be able to be of service to you here in this this forum. Thanks for going on all the digressions and little journeys that we go with a Gemini Venus that I have in my chart here. I just like telling stories. I'm a storyteller. Okay, so here's our new moon in Aries, the chart, May 21st, 2023. We've, we've kind of gotten the vibe of what the first second of Aries is all about. Um, let's just look at some other features of this chart, potentially. You can see zero degrees sun and moon coming together at zero degrees aries very powerful astrological point it's a new season it's a new start it's the newest of the new moons okay we do also have mercury and jupiter co-present with the new moon mercury having newly ingressed into aries thank goodness i think i i don't i don't mean to rag on my you know mercury venus pals if you have that in your chart there's a lot of beautiful things about you. I'm not saying that you are challenging, but it, but Mercury in Venus, or I'm sorry, Mercury in Pisces, which it still is today, if you haven't noticed by my, uh, you know, the speech getting all garbled, <laughs> is that sometimes delivering our message can take a, a few circuitous paths down roads that we normally wouldn't expect. And that can be nice sometimes, but it can also be frustrating if we're trying to get some things done. So this will not be the case when Mercury moves into Aries. This will be a lot more direct communication, a lot less like expressing of, of you know, feelings and compassion and more like stating your own desires potentially. We also have Jupiter moving through Aries as well. So an expansion of our own sense of personal sovereignty bringing honor and merit through pioneering, 
this is a kind of a signification of Jupiter is is it, it's an order bringer. It is a, the greater benefic. So if we follow the the decree of Jupiter and where it is in our charts, if we take actions like if we look at the decan it's in, in this chart Jupiter's in the second decan of Aries, which is really it's it's a decan that has a lot of royal fixed stars in it. There's like a there is a royal family at the at the pole where there's a where you have Andromeda, you have Cassiopeia, you have uh, another fixed star called Alpharetz in in um, Cepheus the king. It's the royal family. So this is a very royal decan. We have the exaltation degree of the sun in that decan, where you've you've separated from what is not you. You've you fought your battles, you've gone your own way, and then you say, "This is who I am now. Isn't this wonderful? Here, here is what I what what is all about me, right? Here is who I am." So Jupiter is encouraging us to do that in a you know in a balanced way, hopefully. And then eventually in the third decan of Aries, we're trying to gain followers. We're trying to gain support. We're saying, don't I have a great idea? Wouldn't you like to come along for the ride? Like it's a Venus ruled decan. So we go Mars, Sun, Venus. That's our, that's our decanic story in Aries. Separation, uh, clarity, okay, authority, kingship, uh, royalty, and then... Um, Eros, which is Venus, and being able to to ignite others' passion to celebrate our achievements or to be able to gain gain a following or gain someone over to our point of view through our humor and charisma. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Genie is here. Sun, two more planets in Sagittarius, Moon, Pisces, Aries, Rising, joining. Hello. You have an Aries North Node too. All right, cool. So maybe some of this is landing for for you Aries North Node folks today. Uh, 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 uh. Is the live frozen? Are you guys okay? Are we good? We're back. Okay. I met, did I get did I get freezy for a minute? I I probably it's probably because I started talking mess about Hermes or <laughs> Mercury. Uh, in Pisces, and Mercury was like, "Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to uh, talk some mess about me here." Well, here, here you go. Uh, well, hopefully we're back. All right. So, these are the planets that are in Aries here, and we are again. We we just saw the ingress of. Venus into Taurus yesterday evening, as I'm recording this on the 17th, um, we are, you know, experiencing with Venus and Taurus, the first decan of, of Taurus is related to the five of pentacles. And actually I got this, this was my card of the day. I got it reversed like twice. Like I usually pull two cards and I got it the same card, <clears throat> but the, the, the Taurus one card sees two figures that have fallen on hard times that are going outside of a church in the snow and um you know one is on some uh on crutches like maybe has an injury or an illness or something of that nature their clothes are kind of tattered and this card's kind of a warning it says hey you know what it's important for you to plan it's a mercury rule decan or you might experience some scarcity there's also some themes of like being 
rescued by divine, you know, uh, intervention with this with this card. I what I think with Venus and Taurus in the first decan that we're experiencing in this new moon and as of yesterday is that yeah, Scarlet says Mercury did not like being brought up. Yes, I, I, you got you got to respect these deities. Um, Venus is asking us, I think, to maybe take stock of our resources at this point and say, how are we going to put them to their best use? Like, where, how can we gather, Venus, all of our resources together to be able to plant the field of the new inspiration that we have? So, like, for example, I, I, my partner and I purchased some plant starts. We're not picking them up right now. We, we, there's a plant sale where we pick stuff up in the beginning of June. But this is a good time to start planning for your garden, right? You need to make plans for what you want to do because you don't just decide in mid-June that you want to start a garden and have it be as successful as it could be if you had started your planning phase earlier. You got to remove the rocks. You got to dig up the, the, the field. You've got to get rid of the weeds. You've got to get it ready to be planted. And that's what Venus is helping us do at this new moon, I think. Even though it is an aversion to the new moon, it's kind of working on its own, right? It's kind of off doing its own thing in the Taurus area of your chart. Okay. Um, the other thing that will be just happening at this new moon is that there's a, now Venus is in a sextile with Saturn. So this, there might be some, some help that these two planets are giving one another or that Venus is giving Saturn to be able to say, Hey, you know what, you know, if you have a new dream, if you, you're feeling like you want to go off on a new um, journey in, into the recesses of your imagination, well, maybe you need to find the right type of tools to do that, the right type of resources to be able to do that. Um, let's take a look at the host and talk about the host of this new moon. And again, this talk today is probably a little bit more scattered than I would normally like, but this is the, the reality of Mercury in Pisces. And as long as we're along for the ride and flexible and going with the flow, we should get to our destination eventually. All right. So Mars is in an interesting position for this new moon. I'm really kind of trying to think about this and maybe you can meditate on this as well. Mars is in a whole sign sextile to Aries from Gemini. See this? Okay, because Aries and uh, Gemini are sextile one another which is a supportive aspect. It is able to witness it, um, but it's going to be moving very shortly after into Cancer. And through aspectual orb, Mars is already kind of applying to a square to the new moon. So sextile by sign, but square by aspect. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Um, that Yeah, that, that, that makes me think about how could we unpack that? You know, what, we're going to be moving into a, a conflict situation potentially with Mars moving into a square to the, all of these Aries planets. And luckily, luckily, I say, uh, the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, and 
Jupiter are in the overcoming position to Mars once it moves into Cancer. So the, the conflicts are probably going to be able to be hopefully worked out through our own innovation, through our own um, personal sovereignty and initiative, hopefully. But there probably is going to be a little bit of challenge in this new moon between what we want as individuals and what we, the responsibilities that we have to our families, to our domestic situations, or any situations that bring us comfort and security. The other thing to think about with this Mars host is that we are in the final stages of Mars and Gemini. Feels like Mars has been Gemini. Like I'm, I'm thinking of that, uh, that meme with, um, a lady from the Titanic movie where she's like, it's been 84 years. <laughs> that feels like Mars and Gemini. <laughs> it's been 84 years since Mars has been Gemini. It's probably been what, like six months? <laughs> I don't know. We had a Mars retrograde. But I mean, even though I, I'm not always usually a fan of Mars and Cancer periods either, since I have the Sun and Mercury and Cancer, um, I think I'm I'm ready for just something different. Uh, hopefully, something different that isn't awful. But we we've had all this Mars and Gemini energy, where just these these fights, these intellectual battles, these like spats. Uh, full disclosure, I'm part of like this like discussion board um, for sports. <laughs> it's called Real GM, and I've been a part of it for like. 20 years like it's crazy how long it's been around it's just like a bunch of people on the internet talking about it's like a reddit board um talking about sports and i'm a member of the packers and the bucks one i've even met up with some of the those folks for like in milwaukee at a bucks game it was really fun but i i was kind of spouting off because i was getting so frustrated about aaron Rodgers and how selfish i think he's been acting over the last few years and i i I called him an entitled prick on the message board and the moderator did not like that and deleted my comment. And then I sort of got into it with the moderator and I'm on like a, a three day suspension <laughs> from the board, which, which to be honest, it hurt a lot more than I thought it would. But it, it, it's funny because that's Mars in my 11th house. Like I got into an argument over something ridiculous and had to take a time out. Um, and to me, that's like Mars and Gemini to the, to a T is you're arguing over something that maybe it's important. Maybe it isn't, you know, you have a difference of opinion in this case, it felt kind of arbitrary that I got a, a suspension from the board, but, um, but whatever it's ne neither here nor there, I just freed up my time to do my work instead of like looking at sports on the internet. So, so again, what's interesting to me about that. And I'll bring it back to something practical for all of you who aren't sports freaks. Um, I've been saying through Mars and Gemini that Mars is a, is a planet that severs and separates. And Gemini oftentimes is a, is a sign that splits our attention in a lot of different directions. And I think that what Mars has been doing is trying to help us eliminate distractions. So how funny was it that this week, for, for me, like, that I, I literally got cut off from, it was a huge distraction. I was, this week, I've not been as productive as I would like to be, um, just because I've been distracted by something that is 
fairly trivial in the grand scheme of things. And Mars was like, nope, <laughs> you're not going to waste any more time on this. And just literally just cut me off through, through like a conflict, through, through an argument. And um, it ended up being like for, for the best, right? To be able to get some, some actual work done. So think about this as this, at this new moon too. What trivial distractions can you eliminate in your life to really be able to move towards what is really important to you? You know, what, what pathways can you just let go of? This is part of the journey in the third decade of Gemini where Mars is, is saying, okay, how can you, um, uh, how can you explore, but then choose, right? We, we, remember in the story of Gemini, we have the twins, one mortal, one immortal. The, the mortal twin dies and the immortal twin has to sacrifice some of his immortality so that the other can live again. And then they exchange places in, in the underworld and Mount Olympus, you know, and they aren't ever truly together again, but, but there is life that has been restored to one. Um, so I, I often talk about this with clients that have this placement, not just Mars, but any placement in Gemini 3. Um, don't think about it as the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Don't think about it as, oh no, if I choose this, I'm going to miss out on this other thing. Think about it as, you know what? I'm really excited about this one particular thing, this priority that I have. And I'm going to breathe life into it. And I'm going to nurture that particular thing to its fruition. Because the transition from Gemini to Cancer, in my mind, plays out like this. You've had to make a choice. You've had to impregnate that idea from Gemini that was most important to you and now bring it into material form. You need to nurture it into its fullest form through the cancer season. So this might be another thing that we're experiencing is you now you've made a choice about what is most important to you. Now we need to nurture that into, into fruition, into adulthood, into maturity. Okay. Now we may have some conflicts over that because it'll be Mars again, maybe cutting us off from that source of nurturing that's it's, we're gonna have to fight for it on some level potentially um okay so does that make sense with like mars moving through gemini as the host of this saying if you want to make a new start get rid of the distractions don't get in pissing matches over <laughs> over a 39 year old quarterback that's getting traded like that's it's not gonna get you where you want to be like, uh, I'm, I'm sad too, because we were supposed to talk about this on the astrology of sports. Um, but we couldn't, we could just couldn't get it together this week. There were lots of schedule conflicts and, um, Adam was a little bit under the weather. So we'll be coming back in a few weeks with that, um, as he returns from vacation. But, uh, you know, the things to ask yourself, this new moon, what are my top priorities? How do I get over the in, in, initial inertia to make a start? It doesn't have to mean I have to have it all figured out. It's just how do I just take the first step, okay? How do I stretch out the legs to get ready to run? Like you need to walk a little bit before you can run is what we're trying to say here in the chat. And, and I'm trying to tell you that too. How do you get rid of those distractions? And then how are you going to balance out eventually your personal needs versus the needs of your kin or your family or things of that nature. 
because there is going to be a little bit of tension between those two things right now. I'm already thinking in the back of my mind how this might play out for myself. Um, you know, th there's always situations we can get in where we may have an individual desire and it, it conflicts with the, the needs of our group and our collective and our, our people that we're loyal to and things like that. So there's always a solution. It's temporary. It doesn't necessarily have to be this, this really destructive thing. I would encourage you over this lunar cycle to try to be as direct as you can. I think that a lot of the conflicts with Mars and Cancer come from not saying what we really mean, like trying to go through a back channel. It's really easy to get in trouble when we're trying to, it, I mean, it's cliche to say about Mars and Cancer, but passive aggressiveness is the kind of the vibe. And it, 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 it's not always the only manifestation, but it's one of them. Um, you may be cut off from something that supports you. So you may have to rely, here's the thing, you may have to rely on your own resources when you are cut off from something that you think was going to support you. So this, this is the test of how can you be a personal sovereign? How can you build your sense of self-esteem through your own initiative? Okay, so that's kind of, the, that's the host energy. Another thing to think about with Mars as the host it's still out of bounds, right? We still have an out of bounds Mars. And it's going to move into Cancer on the 25th, a few days after this. And it'll still be out of bounds for a little while. Like this, it's, it's, <laughs> this is what is really interesting. I'm, I'm sorry to belabor this, this little weird little conflict I had, but I'm generally someone who does not express, mm, I don't express like anger very easily. Uh, publicly like sometimes behind the scenes I'll get angry and like get a little fired up about things like my family knows this but like publicly it's mostly Venus mostly lunar type of things and the, the 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 Packer situation just had me really irritated and it felt like I was in a safe space to be able to express my frustration but then it it turned out that it wasn't like it wasn't a safe space to do that and you get cut off from that so so think about where you you may feel like you have this support of a community and some conflict can can separate it from you um i'm just looking at the chat here oh thank you susanna for the super sticker i appreciate you yeah if you want to make a donation of the work i'm doing here there's a little dollar sign in the chat um called a super sticker a super chat and that helps me keep the lights on or you can buy me coffee at buymecoffee.com uh do 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 all right, we've got some good people are saying they're, they're excited about Venus moving into different houses in their chart. Um, Lynn also says it has felt like 84 years. <laughs> Mars in the sixth is real. Oh, sorry, Lynn. Sorry if you're going through any like health challenge or anything with Mars in the sixth. That's tough placement. Yeah, we're ready to end the brain loopholes, Kate says. It's a whole back and forth, this audit in Gemini with Neptune bookends. Even if it's a cancer, I think we're ready to end the brain loopholes. Yes. Sometimes it's just nice to have a different conflict to work on, right? Let's see, what else? What else? What else? Kate says there's a tactic with counting and starting a thing where you just do it. Count to three and go start. I like that. That feels very Aries to me. Good. I'm glad you're healing up, Lynn. 
Okay. So let's take a look at some of the other things we may experience through this work. Kind of, uh, we will, let me see if I've missed anything on my Aries 1 examination. Uh, Austin Coppock calls it the Axe. We've got the Two of Wands, the Seeds of Dominion, as what it's called in T. Susan Chang's book. Book T and Book of Toth called it the Lord of Dominion, which, which outlines some of the kind of conquest um, themes that we've been talking about, the conquering themes. The, the spirit or the daimon in the 36 heirs of the zodiac is Adonius. And Adonius is actually a name for, for Hades or Pluto. So you can think about, I always think about Adonius and Hades as, I mean, he's the lord of the underworld, but I'm always thinking of that painting where he erupts out of the underworld and breaks through the surface to, to kidnap Persephone, right? This like bursting through like kind of energy. So that, that might be what we're experiencing a little bit here is this bursting of the seed through the, through the ground and, you know, kind of coming up to, to, to expose to the light. Um, the other thing just to keep in mind through this lunar cycle, let's kind of go, let's look at the first quarter of this phase. Okay, so here's the first quarter moon that's happening on the 28th or the 29th. Let's see if we'll, we'll hit it exactly here. So here's the moon's going to be at eight degrees of cancer on May 28th, which is a Tuesday, late Tuesday. Here we see Mars has moved into Cancer. So the new story will start to unfold at the first quarter. Remember, first quarter moons are oh, challenges of bringing something into manifestation. Last quarter is more about like the questioning that comes to be able to, to let go of things, whereas the first quarter is how do we bring things into being, right? And they they become full at that full moon, or they flower at the full moon. The other thing I want you to keep your eyes on here, and we've talked about this in the astrology of March a little bit, but look at this bad boy right here. Pluto will have moved into Aquarius um, on the 23rd, so shortly, shortly after this new moon, Pluto and Aquarius. So not only are we having a super new start, um, with the zero degrees Aries new moon, but we're going to be getting introduced to some new shit around this time. We've already seen some challenges with the banks failing around this period of time. I hope that that's not a thing. I mean, it already is a thing, but I hope it's not something that is indicative of what might be to come on some level. But there's going to be new challenges that we're going to be experiencing. Uh, talked at length about Pluto and Aquarius in previous talks. But again, some of the just the themes that are on my mind, climate change, uh, t technology, um, how do we contribute to the whole, and where is the corruption in how we use our tech, um, you know, how we sacrifice for one another, uh, the, the challenges of all this distance that we've had from one another as well could be something that comes up. Again, this isn't going to be just an overnight thing. Like Pluto's going to be moving through Aquarius for a good 20 years or so. 
So this is, we're just make, beginning the inklings of what, what might be the, the, the challenges that we're going to be dealing with. Um, so that's our first quarter. We, the, the sun is still at, in the first decade of Aries. We will, at this first quarter, have a conjunction between Mercury and Jupiter. So being able to kind of share our vision of how we want to expand our own personal sovereignty around this period of time. There may be some tension around the end of the month around you and a partner. If we look at the two cards, we have the two of cups and the two of wands. And here's the two of cups, which represents the first decade of cancer, where we have an, a, a, mu a mutually beneficial exchange between people who are igniting passion for one another or have strong feelings for one another. This is a Venus ruled decade and a cancer sign and or a moon ruled sign and um, this is like the first blush of romance so maybe this is a tension between you know your own individual needs and and the need of a partner uh, and again this is it's probably going to be exaggerated because of mars's movement through cancer as well i could definitely see this being a time where you get really excited about an idea you're like i want to do this for me and your your significant other or partner or business partner is like well what about us you know what how does this affect us how does how does you making changes to your individual expression affect our family affect our business partnership affect our union okay so a compromise is a good a good way to to discuss this like there may be some compromises that have to be made um, I guess what I would suggest is make the new start, but be patient, okay? Like with, with Venus and Taurus, and you can see also at this first quarter, we've got um, Venus and Uranus coming together. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to let things grow. You, you can plant the seed, but you don't want to keep yelling at your plant grow motherfucker you know like that's not, how you, that's not how you make a plant grow you water it you feed it you nurture it and then you leave let let it be if you want to play some classical music for it that's fine but yelling at it and like getting angry at it isn't going to make it grow any faster and that's probably the same in our relationships <laughs> we're not gonna like you know bully people into cooperating with us you know or bullying people into getting what we want. That's that's when Aries can become destructive. So we have to keep that in mind that there's gonna be some collateral damage to our individuation. And we wanna minimize that if we can. Um, but it's this Venus-Uranus conjunction is also encouraging us to do something uh, that, that expresses both gratitude and generosity how can we be generous we may be the beneficiary of generosity with this or we may be the one who is doing the giving around this period of time and it may be an unexpected situation potentially you know the other thing that i'm seeing in this first quarter is we have this trine that just uh, is about to perfect between mars and and saturn so again like maybe to be able to find meaning in your life, you have to strike out on your own a little bit. You know, you, you may have to separate from some of the people that support you. Maybe that support is actually holding you back. 
Okay. I mean, this is something that's really hard to, to come to terms with sometimes is that, you know, oftentimes we get codependent in certain relationships and that can limit our ability to, to be our best self. And this might be a time where, where that, that wisdom is being challenged, where we say, okay, I know we've had the support for a long time, but I might have to, you know, just go do me for a little while, right? And that doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship. It just means that, you know, to be able to, to be your best self, you may have to get away from famous for a while. <laughs> I'm saying this as Achilles, right? Achilles, the, the hero associated with cancer in Liz Green's books, you know, said, hey, I've got, I've got to go win the Trojan War. I've got to go fight for my, my country. And his mom, Thamus, the goddess, was like, no, no, you can't. You're going to die. And he's like, oh, if I die, you know, it's kind of like, but I'm, I'm going to quote this, misquote this, but intentionally. But it's like, if I die, I die. And it's from like Rocky Four, where, like, where Dolph Lundgren is talking about, you know, Paul Creed saying, if he dies, he dies. And I'm just imagining uh, Achilles being like, if I die, I die, you know. <laughs> like, but that, that concept uh, is related to kleos, uh, which is translates to glory. And kleos is, is something that's really important in ancient Greek civilization, where Achilles, there was a prophecy around Achilles where he said, you know what, you could either live a short life and be live on in immortality, or you can live a long life of anonymity. And, um, you know, this is what Thamus was trying to prevent him from doing. He was, she was saying, I know you, you just stay home in this tent on this beach. And you're like, <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, but as we know, we all maybe have experienced, you know, many of us have experienced maybe some overbearing parent energy or a relationship that, that holds us back a little bit that we've become dependent on. And, um, you know, and we've maybe we've even been that parent too. Like I know there's been as a cancer person myself, there's been times where I've been a little bit a little bit too overbearing and like when my daughter went off to college, uh, we, there is a, a period of like you know, independence of separation where my daughter kind of had to figure some stuff out on her own and you know, it was it's painful at first, but then that's how you're helping them gain confidence even sometimes by backing off. So this could be another part of this story. Maybe you're, you're, you are playing the Aries role where you're trying to create some new sense of independence. I mean, they're both happening at the same time. Or potentially, you could be the, the paternal role where you have to say, you know what, I'm going to, you don't want to withdraw your support completely, but you, you might have to back off a little bit and be like, okay, I'm going to let this person figure this out on their own on some level. And I think that could be something that we could see during this lunar cycle as well. Um, do, do. Uh, Kate has anger suppression issues. Well, I'm sorry, Kate. Well, we'll we'll try, we'll try to work try to work through that during Aries season, right? Um, seizing comes to mind with this phase to seize the day or opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Michelle says, "Can't wait for the transition of Pluto and Aquarius." Well, be careful what you wish for, Michelle. But yes, maybe again, maybe something new, <laughs> like so what new terror is rising on the horizon here. Rachel says, "Oh, I come completely most I uh, says lovely to join you. I completely most of this." 
Um, you resonate with most of this? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Krista DeMaio says, LOL, grow, motherfucker. <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah, I mean, you. this is something that we have to be, as plant parents, as like parent parents, child parents, as dog parents, you, you can't really like be too severe or you're going to create the opposite of what you really want, right? So how do we, you know, maybe soften some of that brute force I would say this, this is one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about with Aries and myself is I think sometimes it's okay to be, to, to have that type of passion and intensity when it is to drive yourself to achieve something new or to break through, right? It becomes destructive when we try to, to expect other people to have this militant experience, right? So can you be tough with yourself? Yes, to, an, to a degree. I mean, I preach on this channel, be kind to yourself, but sometimes we have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, it's time to just do something. It's time to do it. Like it's no more thinking about it, no more crying about it, no more uh, wishy-washiness. Let's just start something. And here, here's where this can really help. Um, you may make a mistake and that's okay you may fail the first time and that's okay all of that is going to give you the information and the experience that may help you succeed in the long run so i mean failure is something that you know it's a bad word these days and uh i think that it's okay to accept that you may not get it right the first time and look at it as part of the growth process right we can call it whatever we want we don't have to call it failure we can call it learning from experience, but just, just taking any action can get you out of that. I'm just thinking of the beginning of the Gemini cards, the eight of swords, where we feel bound, right? We feel like stuck because we're so much in our heads. There's so many options. There's so many thoughts. Sometimes just doing something can get us out of our heads and, and really start to create some movement in our life. All right. Yeah, Kate says, I get conflicted with thinking Mars with Cancer with Mars and Cancer, 12th house, sextile Aries moon. Do you have that in your own chart there, Kate? Um, okay. Rachel says, I completely missed, uh, but not entirely, not firing on all cylinders today. Yeah, you're not alone, Rachel. My brain is a little mushy this week, uh, especially with all the, the watery stuff going on. So no worries. I think, I think we're getting each other's gist. You know, I think that's something that if we talk it out long enough, we'll get to we'll get to where we're going. We'll wander there eventually. <laughs> Spices is apt to do. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. So this is the first quarter. Let's. Let's take a look at what we're going to be coming to with the full moon briefly. And I will do another live stream on the full moon. I've been doing more solo shows lately. Not for any particular reason, more just that I'm just like, okay. It's a little, honestly, it's slightly less work for me just to do it by myself. Although I love having guests, it, it coordinating that can be a lot of work sometimes. 
Um, I, I definitely think we will have guests here on the show again. It just hasn't worked out like that the last few times. Um, so this is the fruition of, the, of this lunar cycle with the moon at 16 degrees of Libra. Now, we are going to be seeing the need to balance out or to accept that our plan may not be someone else's plan and that we are going to have to find some kind of contract agreement compromise uh, potentially at this period of time the second decan of libra is all about oaths and contracts and keeping your word right and trying to find that that equilibrium that balance point so just keep that in mind as you're making your new start and as you're you know having the first quarter conflict is eventually there's a compromise that will need to be made um, or you're going to you know stagnate you could get to a stalemate at that point if you don't make the compromise so if you go into it with that in mind in the beginning that can make it easier if if you know that you'll have to maybe give a little bit if you if you do that in the very beginning it can make it easier when this kind of type of thing comes to fruition um yeah and, and we're heading in this full moon, we're, we're heading in the direction of the Kazemi of Jupiter in this third decan of Aries. You can see this coming. I'm, I'm really excited about this, actually. So you can see here, this is the Kazemi moment on April the 11th. That's going to be a fun day. Well, not to be the Piscean bummer, but that's that's actually the one-year anniversary of my mom passing, so... I'm sure there will be a lot of mixed feelings on that day. Uh, but it's exactly trying my natal ascendant, so we'll see. Um, so for all of you, it's a new start for Jupiter. It's a new start for, you know, the Aries area of your chart, but also the Pisces and the Sagittarian area of your chart, where there's going to be something getting renewed around that. Right, and it may be something that where you're trying to win over someone to your viewpoint through your through your your good humor, through your charisma, through something of that nature. So just keep that on your radar because that seems like an important day that's coming uh, down the pike as well as part of this lunar cycle. Also, um, okay. So that is what I have for the chart. I'm going to look through the chat and see if there's any more questions oh do do but sorry i i do the like little like like i don't like dead airspace so i like hum little weird tunes when i'm reading the chat sometimes so you hear me just breaking into like beatboxing or something i'm just reading the chat and trying to com i'm trying to comprehend what people are saying first before i respond to or read it out loud because sometimes you have to kind of have moderate this a little bit. Um, Kate says, be grateful for this talk to be more aware, but grateful for this talk to be more aware of the energy and impulse control, suppression, things of this nature. Um, yeah, no worries, Kate. We all know what you mean. And, you know, Rachel's talking about, you know, this feeling, this, this Mercury and Pisces energy. Definitely was a heavy week. 
again, I'm, I am, I know there's some people that love Neptune and I, <laughs> I am not one of those people. The, the whole like feeling just completely out of control and melting into a puddle of like undifferentiated awareness is not, not my jam. And maybe I need to learn something from that. Maybe there's a lesson in there for sure. But it always just feels, I feel frustration because I generally like feeling, you know, together and in control and <laughs> like organized. Neptune comes along like a big, like a flood. And it's like, nope, <laughs> like we're going to mix all this stuff together. You're going to feel weird. You're going to feel tired. Uh, I just feel it like there's a lot of fatigue. And, and confusion but we'll see so friends let me take this opportunity i'm going to stretch for a minute before we before we do the animal and the I Ching. take you a little stretch break here uh do me a favor do me a huge favor uh please like this video if you haven't already please subscribe to the channel if you're new here uh this is a a place this is a place for everyone you know if you're if you're nice to one another you are welcome here you know uh I really appreciate the community that we have here. Appreciate your intelligence, appreciate your kindness, and um, just really excited to see all the folks in the chat and all of your intelligence. So do me a favor, like the video, subscribe, sign up for the newsletter. Um, got some really exciting things coming up uh, in the in the next few weeks. Again, if you weren't here earlier, uh, guided group study is live. For spring of 2023, we're going to be doing Sophie Strand's The Flowering Wand, rewilding sacred masculinity. So trying to find healthy ways to express that young energy and to, to build more cooperative masculine, you know, communities potentially, which is something that I think would be uh, really nice, you know. Um, and you don't have to be, you know, any certain thing to, to participate or whatever. Like, we're going to be studying myth and how they're all connecting. We're going to be studying how uh, astrology is connected to myth. We're going to be studying how time and space will provide the right expression of an eternal theme, if that makes sense, the right form of an eternal theme. And... This, I think, is the great work, I think, of astrologers in every era, is how can they communicate those symbols? Because that's what we are as astrologers. We're communicators. We're intermediaries between whatever these, you know, the, the meaning behind the surface of things to the literal thing itself. And how do we uh, communicate those to make it meaningful for people in this time, for the issues that they're facing in this time? And that's the work that we're going to be doing in this guided group study. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Again, great writer, too. Great writer, really. If you like good, she's a poet. If you like great poetry and great descriptive language, she's a great author. Okay, let's talk about these symbols and wrap it up for the day. All right? Um, yeah, Tarya, we're talking about Jupiter Kazemi. Tarya is asking me why I haven't found the creativity of Neptune. I don't know. I used to. I, I, I think that I've been on a little bit of a, mm, a journey with creativity, Tarya. I have Neptune in my fifth house, so that's interesting. I, I think that I did used to lose myself in my creativity, which created a lot of 
problems in my life, also a lot of gifts. So I think that my personal, if you really want to know, um, I think I'm trying to have a healthy relationship with my uh, surrendering to the divine oneness because sometimes I feel like I can surrender to it too much. Like, like uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I've never really had a huge challenge with like substance abuse or anything like that. But I would say that I'm trying to have a healthy relationship with my own creative process, if that makes sense. Like I, I think I was a creativity addict in the past and the practical parts of my life really, they were really difficult for a long period of time. So I think that if you're, if, if I'm being honest with you, and I usually am on this channel, it's, there's, there's going to have to be a, a, a healthier relationship to creativity and to Neptune and it'll come at some point. I am starting to feel the urge to, to merge once again with that creative process. And I think that's why this book is really appealing to me. There's a lot of creative potential in this book. Um, it is not as a, as technical of a manual as we've been doing in other guided group studies. It is more about feeling. It's more about uh, myth and symbol. And those types of things really appeal to me. And I think that that will be part of this Neptunian healing, potentially. So I hope that's a, that's a good answer. Um, okay. Thank you, Nancy, for your contribution. I appreciate it. Let's talk the last two symbols that we have here. Uh, in... Taria, you'll like the animal that we have because it, it's you just kind of hit the nail on the head with that. But let's talk about the I Ching first. The I Ching that I got for you was number 28, which translates to greatness in excess, too much overload, critical mass, which requires us to set priorities and make choices, which feels very much like Mars in the third decan of Gemini, doesn't it? Um, and there's two changing lines, and the changing lines will get us to the hexagram 49 which is called revolution, molting, shedding our skin, metamorphosis, transformation, out with the old, in with the new, it's springtime, everything's new. Line number one says, spreading white Kogan grass as an offering mat, no blame. So this first line says, prepare for the religious devotion, okay? Preparation, remember, walk before you run, stretch out a little bit, get things all ready. Get all your resources gathered, right? You remember we talked about that with Venus and Taurus. Gather all the things so that you can put them in order and, and put them to use. Get all your tools. Um, it's important to be careful and earnest in the beginning of a project. So you have to commit to it. You can't half-ass it. You have to say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be committed to this, and I'm going to have a type of religious devotion to it. So something I saw on Twitter this morning with, really great astrologer. I was thinking about this today. I was like, ah, I missed an opportunity. I should have got, uh, his name's S.J. Anderson. He's been on the channel before. And he had this really nice way of talking about Venus in Taurus and Venus and its role in religious uh, ceremony and cleansing and purification. Um, and he's an Aries son. We'll get him back. He's, he's one of my favorite people. So if you, if you aren't following him, find S.J. Anderson. He has something like a 144 in his Twitter handle. Really smart, intelligent gentleman very much worth a follow. But he's talking about this religious devotion. And I think that this is what the I Ching is trying to tell us too, along with Venus being in Taurus, is prepare to do your passion. Get all the things right. Get the right attire. 
get all the tools set up, make your altar, you know, uh, pray to the appropriate deities for help, for assistance. You know, you don't have to go at this completely alone. You're, you're never alone with the, the universe and the divine. Be cautious and take this task seriously. When you're, when you're starting something new, sometimes we are moving into territory that we're not completely familiar with. And we have to take our time and kind of see, okay, like what's the, what's the reality of this here? Okay, so, so really, um, if you rush in too quickly, that's when you get the head injury, right? That is associated with Aries. It's just like going head first. You're not watching where you're going. It's like, I'm just going to do it. And you just get knocked out cold, okay? And that can make it take longer for you to get to your destination if you're, if you're too rash about it, where you create an injury or something. Like, for example, like I think I started exercising a little too hard day one. And my knees were really sore. I, I have bad knees. I've had multiple surgeries on my knee. I had an ACL injury back in the day. And I was, my knees were like, whoa, buddy, you need to, you need to be careful with that. Um, so take your time or you might, you know, make, make you have to wait even longer. Um, pay attention to the details. You know, this is the thing. When we rush into something, sometimes we want to ignore the details. And that will come back to bite us in the in the future uh, when we skip over important details especially if we're trying to do some of this while some of this pisces stuff is still active we will the reality check will come later so take your time double check things if you're feeling like you don't have everything straight it's okay to wait a little bit if you don't have the the proper you know thing finalized yet either line number two says a withered willow sprouts new branches an old man takes a young wife there is nothing that is not beneficial now remember a lot of these I Ching hexagrams were based on ancient chinese civilization and the norms that they had for that society so keep that in mind when we're thinking about these things but really the metaphor speaks to um renewal you know like the renewal of spring like like a new sprout coming from an old branch maybe there's something where there's a project that you're wanting to feel rejuvenated within maybe that guitar that's been staring at me over there for a while maybe i need to pick that up maybe there'll be some new inspiration that sprouts from that right um energize yourself by being around enthusiastic beginners too when i was teaching songwriting at a community college a few years ago i did that for a jupiter cycle for 12 years um I would talk about people and with beginner's mind, I would say, if you are an experienced musician, share your knowledge with others, but also respect the, the beginner's mind of people who have less experience because their enthusiasm is, is really important to, to acknowledge and to honor. And maybe there's somebody in your life, maybe we've gotten jaded in some part of our life where we can team up with someone who is a, a beginner and have that be something that helps motivate us right so and this can also be like some kind of unorthodox partnership or relationship as well so there, there may be un, unusual alliances that come up during this new moon cycle be open to that like don't don't just dismiss someone because they're they're new at something that's always that's a mistake because you can you can really find new ways of doing things when you listen to people um that are fresh and seeing things through fresh eyes and that's the beauty of airy season. It's like 
everything seems fresh. We've been going through this winter and it's like, oh, we're over it. And finally, it's like you see the little flowers come up. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Life is returning, you know? So um, it's that enthusiasm can be contagious. Okay. The animal I got for you is bringing us back to that creativity conversation. I got the seal. And the seal is the first things in the literature, Animal Frequency, that I, t- I pull these from. It's a book uh, by Melissa Alvarez. Uh, the first word, key word, is creativity and inspiration, sensitivity, art- artistic you know, energy. Uh, it's a daydreaming animal. Like a seal just sits there sunning himself. You know, being uh, you know about to dive into the primordial, artistic, you know, divine, spiritual ocean, spends time in that ocean, which is related to like collective consciousness. So pay attention to your dreams. Uh, Take some time to be creative. Start something new. Uh, You know, in our house, our project for the spring is a pollinator habitat. We're going to be killing some grass and putting in some butterfly, you know, stuff. Some pollinator bee habitats. And I'm really excited about that. That, that, that is where some of the creative energy is going to go in this household. But what, where does it go for you? What is important for you? And how can you um, lose yourself in it a little bit, right? How can you lose a sense of time and space and be connected to that divine spirit? The seal is going to help you with that. Okay, friends, I think we've got another one in the books here. Uh, I've seen some really, I'm going to check the comments one more time. I've seen some nice compliments for SJ, who again is an amazing astrologer. Thank you for supporting him. He's, he's awesome. Um, any other questions before we wrap for the day? Mad hippies life is here. Hello friend. I think that's Deb dropping in. Have to watch from the beginning. I'm a three degrees airy sun. I have a grandbaby deuce. Well, Deb, I, uh, I'm rooting for you and your new grandbaby. I think that'll be super fun. You'll have to keep us in the loop. And I hope that all of you have some kind of creative birth that happens at this new springtime. There's, there's possibilities. Like have uh, open yourself up to the possibilities and just see what happens, you know? Again, no mistakes, right? Only experiences and learning experiences. And uh, yeah, so that's what I've got. Like and subscribe to this video. Sign up for the email list. Sign up for a guided group study, spring 2023, where we're doing Sophie Strand's flowering wand. Super excited about that. And um, that is what I have for you today. I will see you the next time. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Set healthy boundaries within reason. Remember, you don't have to bite. You only have to hiss. Uh, But then, you know, do it with a spirit of, you know, moving forward under your own power rather than making someone else feel pain, right? Don't only do that kind of hissing in defense of your own personal sovereignty. And if you stick to that, you'll probably have a pretty good experience. All right, friends, that's what I've got for you today. Uh, We will see you the next time. Take care. Peace.